Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I love Wednesday nights. I'm telling you, it's the best kept secret in Salt Lake City. God just wants to move. You know, God is hungry and excited and passionate about moving in your life? Do you know that he's, he's waiting? He's waiting, he's waiting for a response, he's waiting for a lean in, he's waiting for you to lay something down. Why? Because he has plans for your life. I promise you, if you're in this room and you're still breathing, God is not done with you yet. Not only is he not done with you, but he has plans, the Bible says, that exceed our imagination. So you put yourself in the best place, the best thought, the, the best you could picture for yourself. And you need to know that your heavenly father says that you can't even imagine the good things I have in store for you. And the beautiful thing is it's not dependent on my performance. It's dependent on my submission because Jesus has already done the performing. Jesus went to the cross so that you don't have to perform and you don't have to earn. He went to the cross so you could respond and receive and let him do his mighty work in your life. Someone needs to hear that. It might look like it's over. It might look like that business is gone. It might look like your job's on the rocks. It might look like your marriage is about to fall apart. But I'm telling you, with God, all things are possible. So let's lean in tonight. Let's have faith tonight. Let's know who he is and what he's capable of. Come on. Sandra, during worship, I kind of looked over and saw you worshiping. And I, I saw an image and it brought me to tears a little bit. I just know it was the Holy Spirit. But I saw you with a jar of beautiful perfume and uh, you broke it like, like the girl that broke the perfume on Jesus's feet. And I, I just asked God like, what is that? And he said, he wanted you to know that he's proud of you because worship when things are going great, it's easy. But when you bring an offering of worship, when you worship despite what, what people would say is, you know, a tragedy irrefutable when you worship in that place it's an offering of worship and, and I just saw that God is so pleased with your heart and that this year is your year that he's going to right the wrongs that everything that you feel was robbed and taken from you that he's gonna step in this year as you continue just to worship your worship has been your weapon for years but God, there's like, I saw like a heavenly hourglass and every time you worship, it's just been filling up and filling up. And that thing has reached overflow point and it's about to tip. And when it tips, you're gonna see God's goodness on every area, any area. In fact, I would take inventory where you feel that you were robbed and, and put what would restoration look like and watch in 2023, you're gonna see him step in and bring beauty from ashes. And, and literally everything where you feel like that didn't seem fair or right, God's gonna right the wrong, 
right the wrong. So God, we thank you for Sandra. We thank you for her faithfulness. We thank you for her heart of worship. You truly have a heart of worship. And God, I declare right now, open heaven over Sandra's life. Open heaven over Sandra's life. That the dreams and desires of her heart, even the dreams that you felt you had to die, you had to die to, you had to lay down and, and like Abraham brought Isaac up to the hill. You, were, you, you laid that thing on the altar and said, this is gonna die. God is gonna resurrect in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, there's just a beautiful flow of the Holy Spirit. Davina, I also felt like I had a word for you and the amazing Tyler. Hold hands, you two. Stop hogging all the good looking. Some of us other couples wanna feel good too, okay? Couple models, but God, I thank you. I thank you for these two lovely, lovely people. Just two of the finest people. Being around you is to be filled with encouragement and great conversation and good laughs. What I see is that God is beginning to shift and I actually see that, um, I see the anointing that what is projected and looks like a famine in both your industries. It feels like those industries have become famines. God is going to anoint and in a famine, you will flourish. In the, do not listen to the reports of the news, but God is beginning to set up that in famine, you will flourish. And just like uh, the, the widow who uh, Elijah said, bring all the containers and the oil's gonna keep pouring. I just, I just see that because you guys have been receptive to the word of God, the prophets in the Old Testament represent the word of God. And because you guys have leaned into the word of God, you're gonna see that when you, when you allow the word of God to, when you obey, when you respond, you'll see that the heavenly provision comes. So God, I just declare not just provision, but abundance abundance, Lord. We declare that in what would the world would say would be a famine season, that you're going to do the miraculous. I see, I see like another house. I see you guys stepping into a new home and it's that dream home because you guys desire to love on and entertain people. And so God, we just declare the goodness of God over these two in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on. And... It, Deborah, is David here too? Or is it just you? Where are you at, David? In the back, serving faithfully. Is it okay if I, do people, everyone know, or can I talk about it? Okay, good. Uh, just so this is, it's going to start out a little negative, but it's going to go positive. It, uh, David, because of his faithfulness and his excellence and his piloting, has been offered an amazing job that is going to take them away for a little bit in the name of Jesus. Because our church was founded by an Australian, we have a boomerang effect. You can go out, but you will come back. Okay? But I just want, I just saw, I mean, your beautiful boy getting baptized. And, I, and I, what I feel God saying is that you're heading into a season where you're gonna have, and this is a pilot term, but the, you're gonna have tailwind. You're gonna have wind blowing with you. And things that should have took long are gonna go so much faster. Like it'll be a supernatural thing. As you guys step out, God is gonna, 
supernaturally accelerate the destination you guys want to arrive to, and you're going to see his goodness in every area. What should take three years, I'm declaring is going to take one, and God is going to do a mighty work in your guys' world, and this season is going to actually be, believe it or not, a season of refreshing with him. It's gonna be a season, Deborah, where you just get with the Lord and you're gonna feel him like, like closer than you've ever felt before. You're not gonna be alone. In fact, the Holy Spirit, you're gonna have these encounters with him that are gonna blow your mind. And as, as, you, as you guys go out, I just send you out a blessing. We thank you. You have been so faithful in this house. You have been dynamic leaders in the house. You have used your gifts in the house and God goes before you, know that tr truly mercy and goodness will follow you all the days of your life. So I just declare that it follows you, that it is your tailwind, that the goodness and mercy of God is propelling you forward and an acceleration on every area of your life in the name. And I hear the word, and I don't even know if that's even a thing, but David, I hear the word captain. And I don't know exactly what that means, but captain, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I didn't mean to take your thunder or anything. For those of you who just found out, you can shower them with gifts, throw money at them after service, give them hugs and kisses, all the good stuff. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can I just tell you real quick, and by the way, why don't you take a seat? We're gonna get started, but we always leave room for the Holy Spirit to move. And, we, and band, you guys are good. Thank you so much. We wanna leave room for the Holy Spirit to move. The gifts in the Bible, the book of Acts, Corinthians, all the gifts, they did not disintegrate, die, or change when after the apostles. That's just terrible theology. Show me in the Bible where in the world it says that. It doesn't even say that in the Bible. And, and so many, often they can get twisted. You know, some people think you have to speak in King James if it's prophetic. And no, it's just hearing what heaven has to say. It's hearing, it's asking the Holy Spirit, what, are, what is God doing? What is God saying? And so when we prophesy over people, we actually release. There's a releasing in those words. Sometimes you've got you've to learn how to declare pray. See, people, some people, they think prayer is begging. It's, God, if you could just have my car start this morning, if you could just, if you could just, and he's sitting there, I mean, it's almost offensive. Like, if you could just walk, Lord. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm God Almighty. I'm God Almighty, and I've said I'm with you, and I'm for you, and I stand with my children. And so God wants you to begin to get declarative in your prayers, to to declare what he has already said to be true. But from there, he also wants you to learn to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying so that you can actually come into agreement. The Bible says that he does things when his, first when his prophets release. See, God gave us authority. He said to Adam, all authority has given to you on earth. We gave up our authority by choosing to be disobedient. Then Jesus came and restored our authority. And so you have authority as a Christian. And so when we're operating the prophetic, when we're prophesying people, we are taking authority. We're declaring what God is doing and coming into agreement. Does that make sense? Because where there's agreement, that commands a blessing, the Bible says. Where we're in agreement, where we're in unity. And so God wants us to be in unity with his heart for his people. Amen? Amen. All right. Come on. Hey, we're going to pray for people here soon. Thank you. Thank you for that little extended, the, the holding on a little longer, that made me feel good. I really, thank you so much.
All right. Uh, this word that I'm about to preach, I, I just want every Christian, and if you're not a Christian in this room, don't worry, we can fix that for you. But first, hear, hear me out, okay? Hear me out, because it's your decision, and it's the best decision you could ever make. But if you're a Christian, I want to talk today about um, one of the biggest hidden saboteurs in, in our Christian walk. And I want to go after it tonight. I, want, I don't want anyone to leave here still affected by the topic that I want to hit, because it's a, it's a thing that we can easily make excuses for in our life and, and justify it, and even we will unintentionally support it in other people that we love, and it, it might not look like a big deal, but it is, it is an extreme limiter on what God could do. I know that's not very uh, Calvinist of me, but the truth is that God looks for us to partner with him in the plans he has for our life, right? If you're just sitting on the couch, you know, watching Christian TV every day, all day, waiting for your blessing, that's not going to work. God steers a moving ship. He requires us not to strive, but to hear and respond. Hear and respond. There's a flow of hear and respond. Hear and obey. Hear and submit. And anytime God's asking you to submit, this isn't the WWE. This isn't UFC. He's not trying to get you to tap because he wants to just test his, you know, macho-ness. No, he's trying to get you to tap into blessing. He's trying to get you to tap into what he wants to do in your life, which is good. Good. And, and if we have a a mixed up view of his goodness, it can be hard sometimes to submit, but you need to know that God is not a reflection of your earthly father. He's the perfection. So maybe you grew up with parents that you didn't necessarily feel safe or that they wanted the best for you at all times. God wants to heal you from that. He wants to take that away because we don't want our lens to be expecting what we got on earth from our heavenly father. In fact, we'll use our Heavenly Father relationship as we walk with him and we learn his goodness. That'll actually help us recognize I'm thankful and I honor my earthly parents, but here's some dysfunctions that now I've learned from Heavenly Father that I don't want to pass on down the family line. I'm not going to kick that down to my grandkids and my great-grandkids and my great-great-grandkids. I'm actually going to be a cycle breaker. So the title of my message tonight is Hiding Among the Baggage. Hiding Among the Baggage. Nice, guys. These guys are great. Okay. I'm going to focus on a character found in 1 Samuel from about chapter 9 to roughly 20. And his name is Saul, King Saul. Okay? Now, King Saul gets a pretty bad rap, and justifiably so. He started out really good and then just floundered, floundered, floundered until the end. And as I've been studying King Saul and as I've been reading my one-year Bible, which I recommend we all should be doing, is having that daily time in the Word. That's, I'm telling you, that's where God feeds me. That's where he restores me. That's where he calibrates me. And you got to find a way to make that work. I just, this is a free one, okay? If you require your pastor to feed you and the only time you feed is at church or at a church event, you're missing out on so much. You're missing out on so much. That's like ordering Little Caesars on Thanksgiving. You're, ah, you're, there was a much better option. And don't get me wrong, I'm all about the hot and ready, but I'm just saying. 
There's better out there, okay? Hiding among the baggage. This jumped out to me with Saul because here's the crazy thing. If you look at Saul's initial mistakes that led up to God saying, I disown you as king. I can no longer use you as king. Now I'm going to raise up David. If you look at his mistakes relative to some of the mistakes our heroes in the Bible have made, they don't seem all that crazy from the outside. And that's why I want to hit this topic because the topic we're going to hit today is insecurity. Because it's really easy to be like, oh, they're just insecure. Oh, I'm just insecure. It's a nice way of putting it. But I'm telling you, it was Saul's downfall. It was the thing that even though he was anointed, even though God called him out of all of Israel to be king, it even says in the Bible that God gave him a new heart. He literally transformed who he was. He was tall. He was handsome. He was a good warrior, a great fighter. The people loved him. They cheered for him. Yet, he failed. And it was because of insecurity. So, buckle up for a minute. And here's what my challenge to you. This is not, this, we're going to have some ministry trying to break off, break off insecurity. But in order for you to do that, you've got to stop giving yourself the excuse that insecurity is okay. Wow. Okay, bear with me. I'll preach on a little bit. Hopefully I can get you there. Okay, the, re, the title of my message, Hiding Among the Baggage. I'm going to start at the beginning. Samuel goes and finds Saul and says, hey, you. Look, he was looking for some donkeys. He lost his donkey. He says, hey, you, you're going to be the king. That's crazy, right? That's like you can't remember where you parked your car at the mall, and then you're walking in the parking lot, and someone just walks up, you're going to be the mayor of Salt Lake City. You know, like you're like, whoa, okay, that was weird. And so he's looking for his donkeys. The prophet of all of Israel, the judge of all of Israel, Samuel, comes and says, you're going to be king. The next day, he calls the whole bit of Israel into the crowd. And we see right here that Saul's not really into public speaking. By the way, Rosalind, you are a home run. You are amazing. And by your own admission, I know this was intimidating, but I'm telling you, that's what God's looking for. Can you do it when you're intimidated? Can you do it when you're afraid? You are a representation of my message today. Not letting insecurity dictate what you did, but you came up here and you delivered. You're amazing. So... They're having this big party, and Samuel's going to announce, we have a new king, and his name's Saul. And when he says, and let's bring him out, he's missing. And so Samuel, because he's a prophet, goes to God and says, God, will you show me where he is? Because this is awkward. And he says, yeah. And this is the verse. It says that in 1 Samuel 10, 22, so they asked the Lord, where is he? And the Lord replied, he's hiding among the baggage. This jumped out at me. Because... How many of us have allowed the baggage of the past to now define what we are and aren't okay with, what situations we will and are, are willing and are not willing to step into, how much we're willing to stretch and grow because we never left our baggage behind. Saul, at the very beginning of his kingship, was intimidated and afraid and given that insecurity, and he was hiding in his baggage. And that's what I want to break off today. I don't want anyone in this room hiding in your baggage. Don't be ashamed if you've got some baggage. Guess what? We all got baggage, all right? If I went to the airport when I met Jesus, they'd be like, sir, all your bags weigh too much, and you can't bring 20 bags on the plane. Like, I had baggage. We've all got some stuff. 
But God doesn't allow us to use the stuff as an excuse to avoid his plan for us. And Saul had to learn that the hard way. My prayer is that none of us have to learn it the hard way because we can learn from Saul. So anyways, he's hiding amongst his baggage. Saul never got over his insecurity and it cost him the kingdom. God literally gave him a new heart. Check this out, 1 Samuel 10, 9. This is before he was hiding. This is when he first met Samuel. It says this, and Saul turned and started to leave. God gave him a new heart and all of Samuel's signs were fulfilled that day. So everything Samuel said was gonna happen to him, your donkeys are already home, you're gonna find them, you're gonna run to some prophets and begin to prophesy. He got total confirmation. Without a doubt, God had spoken. He even got a new heart. Which this, this, this stuck out to me because as a Christian, when you accept Jesus in your heart, you actually are born again. You are a new creation, the Bible says. So even though Saul got a new heart because he wasn't willing to address the baggage and insecurity, it cost him forfeiting the plan, right? Now, thank goodness we're in the new covenant. We have Jesus. We have, the whole, we have so many tools available to us to have breakthrough. We have a great church. We have great people around us. And so I just want to remove all excuses. Saul was, was a prototype, but man, what we have now in Jesus in the new covenant, we can overcome what has hold us down. See, God's word has the power to transform us. Samuel released, this is what I was talking about earlier. The prophet said, you're the king now. And it says that then a new heart came into him, right? So the word of God has the power to transform. If, you, if you're riddled with insecurity or you have areas where you're just afraid to step back into the fray, step back into what God has for you, here's what I wanna encourage you with. The word of God is pregnant with power for you to overcome. If, you're, if you've got a an area of insecurity, here's my challenge to you. Get some scriptures that you hold on to. Get some scriptures stapled up to your, your mare. Well, don't staple them to the mare. That would be bad. But tape them to the mare. Put them, in your, put them on your sunscreen, on your car. Put them in places so you're perpetually reminded. Use the word of God to combat what is coming against you. Now, check this out. This is what... This is the verse that stirred on all this. We're gonna jump forward. So the beginning, we see Saul's a little insecure. He hides at his inauguration. You know, he, he's got some insecurity. But finally, Samuel gets him up there and he steps in king. And he actually starts getting some success. But we find five chapters later that because he never dealt with his, his insecurity was he wanted people to like him. He needed people to like him. And, and God actually sends Samuel to address it and tell him, hey, Saul, you're no longer gonna be king and here's why. And listen, check this out. 1 Samuel 15, 17. Let me just real quick set up the story. Uh, twice now, Saul has not obeyed God completely because he was afraid of the people. First time, he was supposed to wait for Samuel to do an offering before he went to battle, but it took Samuel, Samuel's a week late. That's stressful, right? Where there's a whole army lined up. Saul's army's beginning to run because they're looking at the enemy and nothing's happening. And so Saul takes matters into his own hands and disobeys what God said. And he goes and sacrifices the bull himself as he's doing it. This is what breaks my heart. He was like five minutes away from his breakthrough. Don't quit early when God's working in your life. Don't tap out early. When it seems like the darkest time, know that God's about to move. Five minutes. Literally, it says, as Saul started to sacrifice him, Samuel walks up. He says, what are you doing? And Saul's response isn't, oh, I can't believe I did that. I'm so sorry. He says, 
you were a week late, and I was wor-. He, he was afraid of his men. Wow. He was afraid of a mutiny. The fear of man caused him to not be obedient to God. And so this is what Samuel, so he did that the first time. Samuel says, that was really bad. Or, yeah, Samuel told him, that was really bad. Don't do that again. So now fast forward, we're at another battle scene. And uh, Saul has won, but God told him specifically, the Amalekites were some bad people, just so you know. So the enemies, the Amalekites, they were the first people to attack Israel ever. When they got out of Egypt, the first people to attack. Killed a lot of Israelites into child sacrifice, into some really terrible stuff. So God said, we've got to purge the land of this belief system. We've got to purge the land of these people. And so he tells them, you're going to destroy everything. All the crops, all the animals, all the people. Saul goes and he, just, he wins. He conquers. But he doesn't kill the king and he doesn't kill the best livestock. And so he, Samuel gets a download from God, says, hey, my boy didn't obey again. I can't work with this. And Samuel comes and approaches him. And this is how Samuel, this is what Samuel says. This is what the Lord told me to tell you. Check this out. 1517. First Samuel 1517. Although you may think little of yourself. Hear that. God's going right to the root of the issue. Although you might think little of yourself. Although you're insecure, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel. Spent a little too much time on that intro, but we're good. Thank you, Lord. Though you might think little of yourself, tonight what I want to lift off of people is allowing God to define your value and your worth instead of your circumstance, your situations, and your upbringing. Because God doesn't want people that think little of themselves. Humility is not belittling yourself. Humility is recognizing how much bigger God is. And there is a difference. There is a difference. Christians think that, you know, somehow it's like holy to be impoverished. Your, your finances don't have any correlation directly either here nor there to your spiritual walk. But God does like to bless his children. He does like to be, but we, we actually will take on a holiness that's masking an insecurity. Some of people in here, you feel like you should do Pathfinders, but you're telling yourself, I'm not gonna do Pathfinders because I'm not a good enough business person yet or I'm not as influential enough yet. But if God's saying, why don't you do it? Then go for it. Thinking little of yourself is not what God meant when he said he wants you to be humble. So let me just go right to real quick a few things to break that off, and then we're gonna pray. First one, what we see with Saul is that he wasn't willing to take personal responsibility for himself. He would do blame shifting. You wanna overcome insecurity, the first step is to own your insecurity. Don't blame, well, I don't go to connect group because uh, you know, people might not, somebody wasn't, didn't say hi to me one time, or don't blame other people for your insecurity. Don't blame your circumstance for your insecurity. Well, I didn't grow up with both parents at home, so I, no, 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 take personal responsibility. Okay, 1 Samuel 15, 15. Look at how, when he's getting, Saul's getting called out, look how he responds. Samuel says, you didn't obey, and then he says this. It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep and goats and cattle. See his language? He's the king. The army listens to him but he blames the army. He says, yeah, they wanted to keep these animals. They didn't obey God. See, that attitude of removing personal responsibility 
God can't work with that. In fact, becoming a Christian requires you to own your ish and admit, man, I am not good in myself. I need a savior. I need a king. And so he can't work in our inability to take personal responsibility. When I was a little kid, I loved Indiana Jones. Any Indiana Jones fans in here? I mean, obsessed with it, obsessed with it. I wasn't allowed to watch the second one because it was too dark, but the, fir the first and the third, I was into it. And uh, my parents, when I was six, very irresponsible, bought me a real whip, like a 12-foot whip. And I loved it, man. I was out on the driveway, waka, waka, you know, hit myself in the shin several times. But one day I had this great idea. I saw my sister running past me in the driveway and I thought, you know what? I don't know where she's going, but she might be running in the street. Maybe I better do what they do in the movies and just wrap her up. And so I, and instead of wrapping her up, I just, just whipped my little sister. She's probably four, I'm six. And I do what any good, wise older brother would do. I drop the whip, I run over and I shut her mouth so my parents don't hear her screaming. <laughs> Be quiet, be quiet. And of course, you know, my dad runs out. What is going on here? And my default reaction, it was the whip. The whip just got her. I didn't know my dad was looking out the window. He saw me literally aim and like. <laughs> so I got the spanking I deserved and got the whip taken away for a week. But do you see, that's, that's a child's response. That's a, that's, a, that's a sin nature response is to not take responsibility, to not own up to it. And let's not be children in our faith. Personal responsibility. We're born with a, blind, a, a drive to blame anything but ourselves. Look at Adam in the garden. It was the woman. Look at Cain. Am I my brother's keeper? Look at Abraham. I'm just going off the first three. This is, this is a human sin response is to not take personal responsibility. But as a Christian, we agree to take responsibility for our lives. We deal with our baggage even if it wasn't our fault. Most baggage was passed down. But when does the cycle stop? When does the cycle stop? Learn to take regular inventory of your ish, as I'll put it. Just take inventory. God, where am I missing the mark? He's not gonna strike you with a lightning bolt. He died for you. He'd love to have that conversation. And you wanna change yourself to make your default to look at your own life first. You wanna overcome insecurity? Start not looking at how other, thinking how other people are gonna respond, but deal with your own issues. The Bible says, don't look at the log or the speck in your, neighbor, in your brother's eye when you have a log in your own eye. Whenever I'm triggered, whenever somebody offends me, I do have a default. The first thing I do is I step back and I go, what in me has caused such a strong response, Lord? And can you heal me? Can you fix me? Number two, obedience when it's hard. So they're going back and forth, Samuel and Saul, and it says, but Samuel replied, what's more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings or your sacrifices? Your obedience or your obedience to his voice. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. Submission is better than offerings of fat and rams. When God asks you to do something hard, it's an invitation, not a punishment. When God asks you to do something hard, it's an invitation, not a punishment. So let me just, this is super practical. If it's right, just do it. Just do it. 
And if you're afraid, just do it anyways. And tell somebody who is a trusted person, I'm afraid, will you pray with me? But go ahead and do it. Acknowledge your fear, then do it anyways. See, insecure people won't actually acknowledge their fears. They'll find a way out of it, but not just say, okay, this intimidates me, this scares me, but I'm gonna do it anyways because it's right and it's what I was asked to do. Some people run around and you serve everywhere at church and you're faithful and you do all these things, and, but for maybe a year now, the Holy Spirit's been, had his finger on one thing he wanted to deal with and you're filling your life with busyness and service because you don't wanna deal with the thing. But let God deal with the thing because he's inviting you to a blessing. He's, not invi- he's inviting you to freedom. He's inviting you to purpose and breakthrough. All right, number three, willingness to be uncomfortable. 1 Samuel 15, 23, for the rebellion of your sin, our rebellion is a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness. Somebody say stubbornness. Is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you've rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. See, willingness is the opposite of stubbornness. Are we willing to step into some uncomfort? You'll find that the step into the uncomfortable is where all of a sudden you will grow out of the insecurity. You will grow out of that thing. So how do you do that? How do you learn how to do that? Let me tell you, this will help you a lot. How? People with fruit you want, hang out with them. If you feel that you're insecure in an area, find a connect group leader, find a team leader and go, all right, I see that they're not. I'm gonna just serve and I'm gonna be around them and I'm gonna catch what they have. Okay, another way, Meditate on God's word. I'm telling you, the word of God is potent with the power. You can combat the enemy. When he whispers, don't do that, you'll be embarrassed. Don't do that, that's gonna be this. If you have the word of God, you can just say, "Not nah, depart from me, Satan. You can use that word and you'll see that it'll give you courage. When Joshua was asked to take the promised land, God told him, he said, here's what you're gonna do. Meditate on my word day and night because you're gonna need to be strong and courageous. The word of God will give you strength. And regular prayer and communication with the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes I've had to ramp up to things. God told me to do something. I got insecure. I didn't do it. But you know what I would do after? The Holy Spirit would talk to me, and I'd talk to him. Oh, Holy Spirit, dang it. I knew I should have done that. And he's always gracious, but he doesn't let me off the hook. He says, yeah, no, you should have. I love you. I'll give you another chance. Get ready. I'm like, oh, darn it. But he will. He will. I remember a time, and we're going to, wrap up here. My biggest fear, my biggest insecurity was failure. And the reason I want to go after insecurity is because I struggle with it so much. You know, I could use all my gifts and talents, but if I thought I was going to fail, I would go into panic mode. I didn't want to fail. And when I was the young adult pastor, we planned this massive event. I mean, I, I craned, not craned in, but we moved in an LED wall in the middle of a college and it was called Big Night Out. And we had like 400 people coming and it was just going to be this worship set and Pastor Jurgen was going to come and preach and evangelize. And it was huge. It was going to be epic. And I'd poured all of our budget into this thing. And a week before the event, everything's scheduled. I get a call from the college and they say, hey, we just kind of realized you're like a church and and we don't really, we're canceling your event. And so I was like, oh my goodness. And then I did a little research and I realized that you can't discriminate against 
protected class, religion the protected class. So I wrote the school a nice little email saying, I was just told I can't do an event because I'm a Christian. That's discrimination against my religion. So I get a call about two minutes later. They're like, oh, you can do the event. You can do the event. So all right, first victory. So we get there. But there was a guy there who originally tried to cancel it that was hellbent, demonically motivated on getting this event canceled. So we show up and he's like, you don't have a permit for these chairs. I'm like, a permit for the chairs? I told you what the event was. He's like, well, yeah, but anyways, he's making up all this stuff and literally we are a half an hour before the event and it's, he is trying to shut this thing down. And I was so riddled with fear. My whole team was looking to me. I had Pastor Jurgen coming, all our budget. I was like, I am gonna fail. And I remember, you know, I kept a strong face. I went in the bathroom and I went in the stall and I was like, just, I didn't hit my knees because it's gross, but I was like, God, please. <laughs> I'm so, I was terrified. I think I cried in the bathroom for me. I said, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I remember just God just, I mean, it was simple as day. He said, go out there and tell that guy this event is happening. And, it's ha- and that was it. That was the simple word I got. And terrified and afraid, we did the event. I told the guy the event's happening. He backed down. We had well over 400 people, got a a bunch of cards going to church. God showed up. But in the midst of that, I was almost ready to give in to the intimidation because it would be easier for me to be like, well, they canceled it versus it not happening if I pushed and failed. I wanted to bow down and not push and fail, but God showed up. Willingness to be uncomfortable. How do, you, how, do you, how do you get to this place? Can I tell you the first thing you wanna do is be a person that gives encouragement to other people. I'm telling you, when you give encouragement, you start to get courageous. When you tell people you can do this, I believe in you, don't be afraid, you've got this, you will find that it begins to transform your own life. Seek out growth. Be a person that actually pursues feedback, pursues, steps into, says, I'd like to grow in this area. I'm serving on this team to grow in this area. Make it known to your leader. Make it known to the people around you that I'm, I'm going for growth and no insecurity in this area. That accountability, it is powerful. It is powerful. And finally, when you ask for feedback, don't be secretly asking for affirmation. A lot of people be like, tell me how I did. But what they really want to hear is tell me I did good. Right? You ever met somebody like that? You ever done that where you're like, ah, was I okay? But really what you're looking for is affirmation. So we want to learn to be people that seek God's honor, not man's honor. To, to live a life where we're not so con- enthralled with what people thought, but we go in our quiet time with the Lord and we and say, God, what do you say? Seek God's honor, not man's honor. Here's some, just some real quick, and then I'm gonna pray for people. Here's how you can know if you're living in the fear of man or you want man's honor more than God's honor. One, you get very jealous when other people get a praise. You feel jealous, like how come they're getting shouted and I'm not? Two, you're always questioning all Oh, all questioning of you is perceived as criticism. Someone asks why you did it that way and you instantly go, how dare you? How dare you question me? 
that will tell you that you're living another free man. You crave titles. Oh, why won't somebody give me a title? Why won't somebody give me this position? Why won't somebody say that I am this thing? Look at Awaken, we watch and see what you're doing and we call you what you already are. I was behaving as a pastor in this church before I was ordained as a pastor. I was pastoring people before I was ordained as a pastor. The title just follows who you are. You don't chase titles, chase what God has for you. And then finally, when people come with dreams or big vision, your first gut level is to think why it won't work instead of how it could work. These are all, all signs of fear of man and insecurity. So how do we break that? Once again, you champion others. You recognize that you're not rewarded for your gifts or what you did. You're rewarded for what you did for others. That this will pivot everything as a Christian. If you recognize that God is looking for how did your gift get sent to other people? That's gonna be our reward in heaven. It's how we used it for other people. God's not gonna give me a big slap on the back and say, remember May, May 17th when you preached that epic message? That was radical. If I get any reward in heaven for this message, I'll be like, remember that message you preach? So-and-so stepped out of their insecurity and decided I'm not gonna do that anymore. Come on, let's stand to our feet right now. Hiding amongst the baggage. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Right now, we invite you into the room. We invite you into the room. Thank you, Jesus. First group of people I wanna pray for Are those people that God's already been highlighting to you an area where he wants you to step out, but the insecurity has been holding you back, causing you not to step out, causing you not to go all in with him. And I believe that today, God wants to break that insecurity off of you. Listen, David wasn't perfect either. But David had a revelation that God said, I'm king, and I'm gonna trust him with those words. Even when given the opportunity to become king on his own strength, he wouldn't take it. He just trusted that God said it. I believe that God wants to break that insecurity off of your life today. Maybe you're afraid of public speaking. Maybe you're afraid to ask for a promotion at work. Maybe you're afraid to have a healthy, non-codependent relationship. Whatever it is, God wants to break that off of you. And so with everybody's eyes closed, just I want to pray corporately if you need an insecurity broken off right now. So if that's you, just between you and God, why don't you put your hand in the air? I'm going to pray over you real quick. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Right now, Holy Spirit, as these people put their hands up, God, may we not be a Saul, but may we take you at your word. May we take you at your word that you are for us, not against us, that we're the head, not the tail, that you have given us gifts, talents, and treasures that you intend to use for your glory. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we, we acknowledge first 
that we will not, we, we reject the fear. We reject and renounce the fear that we've listened to, the fear of man, the fear of what people to think, the fear of failure. Right now, we break that off in the name of Jesus. And we declare that we want only your will in our life, Lord. Come on, if that's you, you want only his will in your life, put your hands in the air and tell him, I only want what you have for me, Lord. I'm not gonna let my past, my baggage, my past failures, the past letdowns define me anymore. I'm gonna trust that just just like you gave Saul a new heart, that in you, your mercies are new every morning, and I have the power in you to do the things you have asked me to do. And God, I declare right now that people begin to hear, begin to hear and dream again, believe to have the faith and the courage to step out. Anthony, you're gonna make money off of creativity. Step out, my man, step out. God has anointed you to make money with creativity. God, we thank you. We thank you that you are breaking off insecurity right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus, and if you believe it, say amen and thank you, Lord. Amen and thank you, Lord. Okay, next thing. I want to pray a little more specific, and then the ministry team's coming up. I feel that some people, you're doing all the things, but your insecurity is to fully put yourself into a relationship, to fully give yourself into a relationship. Somebody hurt you somebody betrayed you, and there's just been a blockage there. And God wants to heal that wound. I believe he wants you to forgive that person and not let that, that behavior define you, even if it was your behavior, even if it's a mistake you made, God wants to heal. So if you need to heal just in relationships, it, I mean, you might be in a relationship, but still you know you're holding back. Just lift your hands, I'm gonna pray for you. God, we thank you. We thank you for healing in relationships, God. We thank you that you're breaking old soul ties. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we renounce and we break soul ties. And God, we declare that not only will we be able to love people, we will be able to receive love, Lord. Lord, we will be able to receive love from people fully be known by people, not be afraid or hold back, but to release who we are and release how you made us in its full form in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already, and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.